Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. Good morning, Beverly. How are you? I'm doing good, Jenny. How are you? I am really weirded out that this is really close to the last podcast we'll be putting out. Yeah, just a few more. It's it's wild to me. It doesn't feel quite true. I imagine for listeners, that's also true. <laughs> but, <laughs> based on the feedback we've gotten on that one post, I'd say folks are, are um, in a state of disbelief. And appreciation. It's been very pleasant yeah. to read. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, but you won't be stopping podcasting. You have I've, just made it so that you will do more of this. It's true, but I will be stopping podcasting with you. And I think that's a really big deal and something I'm going to miss. I'm, I'm afraid we aren't going to connect as much because we aren't because we will definitely not be spending three hours together every other week. But I mean, that's, that's, um, yeah, that makes me sad. But um, having the opportunity to work out intergenerational trauma related to sewing, I hope only with my daughter will be, I think, a lot of fun. Yeah, sounds like fun. (laughs) yes I mean anything with trauma is always immediately fun (laughs) um, but it feels like a safe space to do it when it's recorded so what have you been up to I feel like you've had no focused purpose for sewing so (laughs) what could you have been doing oh my gosh I finally finished this wedding dress it's I went through I had gone through a full twall muslin you know mock-up whatever of a design that I scrapped and then I started over with a new a totally new like the first one had print it was a princess scene bodice and the, the final one is not I mean it was a completely different dress and so I'm just really happy with this dress as it came out so it is a um a loosely fitted bodice with um just darted not uh I guess it has darts at the now I'm forgetting I think I have (laughs) I love this so much (laughs) okay there is there's waist darts and side side darts so uh, I thought there was but I was I kind of forgot um and that's and then there are and I made like a inner skirt that goes underneath and then under over that are three tiers of uh, flounce. Okay. Did you use Brooke Sands class at all for the skirt? Yes. I used my skirt block for the block. And then to make that, that's the, let's see. Yes. I used the skirt block for that inner skirt. So there's a, there's a short skirt underneath that all the tiers are attached to. I think there's there's another way to do it that would have been easier, which is to have like these sort of separating pieces between them. Yeah. So I I attached the tiers to the skirt. And the thing about that is you've got to get, you've got to sort of apply them on top. You know, you have sort yeah. of wrong side to right side. It's kind of yes. a weird thing to do. Um. So that was, that was tricky, but I did it just really slowly um, I love how it came out. The, um, the sleeves are like, um, uh, kind of a bishop sleeve with the cuff at the bottom, just like, a. It, they're gathered into a cuff. There's no button on the cuff. It's just kind of a loose, you know, a loose enough one. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, it's about shin length. So what I think I'll do with it after the wedding, because it, it's royal, royal blue. I mean, really bright blue. So, I've seen this. I can attest yeah. to the royal royalness. Yeah, it's very royal blue. And I think what I'll do like after the wedding is separate the bodice from it and put a, uh, a an alter. The, it has a waistband on it, but it'll, it'll need like a zip or something after that and have it just as a skirt. Because I think... Mm-hmm. 
it's too much to just wear around because it's yeah. this long royal blue dress. But I think I'll wear it if I just have it as a skirt. Is there a way to save the bodice by putting a waistband or something on it so that if you wanted to, you could mate them up again in the future? Oh, yeah, I guess I could do that. And actually, I could make it so that they're just separates, right? Right. Both of them so that I could wear them yeah. together. Yeah, I could I could maybe do that. Just um, in case for some reason you were feeling sentimental or very royal blue <laughs> in a year, say, yeah, and wanted, you know. Yeah. So that was, that was a difficult process. The, um, the, oh yeah. So the entire, the bodice and the main skirt, except for the sleeves are all underlined and lined. Oh my God. (laughs) I know. Right. So, um, it, it was, it was a good process. The one thing I really like about underlining, um, in this you know, in construction there was that all of my, mm-hmm. I could, I could mark it up as much as I wanted, yep. you know, and have all these pencil marks on it. And I didn't have to worry about anything being seen on the outside um, because it was all yeah. just in, in, um, in muslin. And then, then I did have an actual lining. So you can't even see that. So it's nice. What's the lining made of? The lining is made of rayon. Okay. A it's printed got, one or a plain one? No, no, no. A plain one. It's just, um, okay. it's like just some cheap rayon that I got. And I'm, I wash it. It maybe wasn't the best choice, but it's not something that's going to be worn all the time. So I think it'll be okay. It's not high and you could make rayon. You could make changes if you wanted to, when you make them separate, you could also make changes yes. now, but I mean, certainly yeah. when you make separates. Yeah. I was thinking that I would probably, one thing I'd like to do, um, I've got some old, um, like reclaimed sari fabric. Oh yeah. I think that would make a nice lining, uh, silk lining for it. So I might do that. That sounds really washed a hundred times. I mean, it's, well, that's the plus, (laughs) um, that's the plus. So I've really just been working my way through this skirt class. Yeah. And at this point, I want to talk about finishing up my block. I've posted a lot of pictures as I've been going through this on, on Instagram. And there's also a skirt class posting location, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which I'm consistently posting to as well. Um, But having finished my block, having reached the point where I have bright yellow poster board with this pattern on it, (laughs) that's my by way of making sure I know it's my block. It's this bright yellow thing hanging from a hanger and it's because I've changed my sewing room around. It'll soon be hanging from the closet bar in the closet I had been sewing in. <laughs> so I'll have a place for it to hang there. Um, having finished it, what I did was I, I, I laid it on the floor and I got up on my counter and lay down and extended myself over so I could get a straight down on it shot of this block. And then I printed it on paper <laughs> And I've started cutting it up to make patterns, to test pattern ideas. So if I want a trumpet skirt, I can cut this up and try it out in in tiny form because the skirt itself is only about four inches tall. I see. When I, see. I, when I do it this way so that I can instead of because my paper is so fucking annoying, Beverly. Oh, my God. It's been it's first off. I got it at Staples. It's teacher. Um, Mm. bulletin board paper Mm -hmm. so it's 48 inches which was one of my annoyances at my first paper is it wasn't wide enough for my body Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and so it was irritating but it's been rolled up in this tight tube I'm going to say for 40,000 years and so (laughs) I have to iron the paper to use it before I can even use it I have to iron it I tried all the lazy options where you lay it out on the floor with things weighing it down, where you do all these things for days and days to see if I could get it to flatten out by any other means than using my iron for three minutes. And it turns out all of these much more obviously lazy, easy ways took more time and resulted in less flatness. So I now iron ironing paper. You have me ironing paper. And I love yes, this is fault. you. Absolutely. <laughs> Every piece of this. The plus is that means you later get to take credit because it is going quite well. 
<laughs> but but I'm ironing paper to do this. So now I'm not wasting these giant pages of paper. Instead, I'm wasting tiny pieces of paper, but I'm not wasting them. I'm collecting them in a manila envelope so that I have all my ideas. It's absolutely oh. lunatic. That's funny. So it's adorable and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, but what it meant was for my very first skirt, I created one in miniature. I did my little angles because I wanted an A-line. Mm-hmm. I got it done. I posted it to the forums and Brooks Ann said, this is an amazing trumpet skirt. You've misunderstood the word A-line. And I'm like, damn, I was afraid I didn't go enough up the hips. But now I know, like, because I came up to a what I thought was pretty close to my hip line. And uh, she felt it was still too close to the bottom to be a flare. So I, I brought that fucker all the way up <laughs> to, get, to get the A-line <laughs> that uh-huh. I wanted in my dreams. But the plus was having done it in miniature, I wasn't now so mad about the time right. I had spent making a giant pattern. So I'm really having fun with that and uh, can't wait to, to get digging into my designs. And we'll talk a little bit about that in our next episode. Um, but right now I want to talk about patterns and the very first new pattern I want to raise is in fact a cashmere club pattern. So apologies for the part where this costs a membership. It mm-hmm. starts membership start at $9 per month um, and run up to $13 per month at the $13 range you can get all the previous patterns. So depending on when you listen to this and it's got to be in the next year, you may need the $13 membership in order to access this pattern, but it is for a sloper for a dress block. Or I guess a sloper and dress block feels like I'm duplicating myself there, but it's for a sloper. And I had lots of thoughts and feelings about this one, partly because I'm in this class right now for making a custom sloper, right? Mm-hmm except it's a custom skirt block, right? Right. But there's a difference, as Brooksanne points out constantly, between what you can get commercially and what you can do for yourself custom. And custom isn't for everybody. And there are people who are much closer to the sloper where like the standard pattern, patterning of cashmere, for example, who might find that this is actually a fast path to something that does what they want enough. Yeah. Right. As compared to like for myself, having discovered <laughs> that I have a very tilted waistline, which how is that news to me? But it's so much news to me yeah. where if you if you assume your hip level to be hip, parallel to the floor at the widest point in your body between my back waistline and my front waistline, <laughs> there's three inches between my front waistline and my hip level. And there's eight and a half at the back. And you know how I've always said that the problem with skirts is that five to six inches, I go from skinny to wide. That's mm-hmm. true. My side one is five and a half inches. <laughs> and so, And so there's, I'd always only been thinking of it from the side, not the front or the back. Yeah. And so I always had problem because I, I got a lot of booty and apparently I have less of a tummy to be that difference, right? Because my mm-hmm. darts in front are teeny tiny little mm-hmm. short darts. My darts in back are like, I'm surprised they don't go to the hem. Like they're very big darts, right? <laughs> they're they're large darts and they're wide darts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway, so this probably isn't going to result in the same garment for me, not what I want. Yeah. Right? Because it's going to have to be, it's I waist mean, is most likely... Is is going to be there's going to be so much alteration for me. But if I yeah. had a level waistline, this mm-hmm. might be a decent path. Sure, you know what sure. I mean? So I find this interesting, and I'm sad that I now know it's not for me. But I'm also glad <laughs> because what a waste of my time! How much time would I have spent on that to achieve something where my waist would be parallel, so it would be coming in not at my waist? Yeah. And anyway. It's fascinating to me. I'm so excited it's out there and exists. Yeah. But I also love that I know it's not for me now. Yeah, I think these it's kind of it's a great thing in general to have just something that is a you know put to you. The the thing with with this, this is a great starting point for folks if they don't want to do a custom class. Yeah. I have found that um that I so that's essentially what I've done with um, hinterlands, right? With my block for my Ah. my top, right? Because I don't have a custom block yet. However, you know, that just means that you have to be like, okay, I make this adjustment, this adjustment, this adjustment 
to this standard pattern to get it to be right for me. I'm interested to see how much different my custom block will be from this one where I've taken and adjusted. I'm I'm really excited to see that. I'm excited to find out as well for you, but I'm, I'm already thinking ahead to wait a minute. If my waist is tilted like this, what does my custom top block look like? Yeah. Right. Because I think it's the opposite of the inverse, right. Of my skirt waist. So it's going to drop way down in the front, which is lunatic. That makes no sense, but it's, it's going to have to do that. Right. Cause otherwise it'll never hit my waist. Yeah. <laughs> And so I'm I'm very fascinated by this and I'm I'm as you know I'm definitely exploring how uncomfortable I can feel um and how uncertain and how how scared of the next step so that'll be fun. Um Well the but- great thing about that class is it's always just like okay I just have to do what she's showing me now. There's just one step yeah. here, you know, I just do this. Are you good at that? Because I already this weekend, I posted a question about facings and she's like, I'm answering your question, but I'm also saying we're not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay, heard, I'll, I'll step back. But I'm also really interested in what happens when I do my facing, like what, because on mine, um, well, we'll talk about it next time, but I've set some design lines and I'm curious how they interact with the facing. So Okay. Deep breath. Um, (laughs) Anyway, the point would be cashmere club and Jenny's doing some classes about that in the club as well. So if you, if you're interested in the Wyman sloper, um, which is a basic fitted dress that you can play off of, um, you know, give some thought to joining up for at least a month in order to get the pattern. The next one we have is called the Stylark Wren Jacket. And this is a very, um, it's a, it's a very simple jacket. It looks like, I mean, it looks to me like it would work really well in like polar fleece. It's yeah. um, like they, they have it like with blanket stitch even around it. It has like a drop, drop sleeve, um, and then patch pockets in the front, uh, a few buttons on it. I think it comes with a scarf. It, it seems to come with one that might be attached to it as well, because they're showing two versions of the jacket, one without uh-huh. a scarf and without blanket stitch and one with a scarf and with blanket stitch. I can't tell if it's attached, truthfully. <laughs> um, I hope not. Um, because <laughs> that feels yeah. weird, right? Yeah. But yeah, but yeah just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, the next one we've got is the Majorelle shirt and dress pattern from itch to stitch. Now I do really like itch to stitch. They're a pattern company. I've enjoyed the designs from in this case, it's a button down top, which I wonder if we'll have to make button down tops. Will that be the first top in Brooksanne's class? But anyway, um, we're obviously just a Brooksanne camper podcast at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, this one is raglan sleeved. And has one of those necks with the frill collar, the little frill collar that you had in, I'm going to guess, seventh grade. Um, And so that's cute. Um, And the sleeves are, everything's gathered at the neckline. The bodice and the sleeves are gathered into that neckline, that collared neckline. Mm -hmm. And it's a collar stand, I guess, not a collar, right? Right. And down from there, it's a loose fitting dress that has a self-fabric tie belt, it looks like. And the sleeves would end in I'm going to say elastic because it looks like it's ruched all the way through the cuff. So I guess that cuff is probably elastic. It's either elastic or just um, gathered into the cuff. Yeah. Uh, so I, it, it's, honestly, it reminds me of dresses I wore in the eighties. Like it's very much to me, that style. I can tell you right now, I would never wear this. This well, is, I mean, it's, it's just not my style and like it's way yeah. up high yes. and like, I just know I would hate the feel of it on me, but that's just me. Well, so for me, I obviously would never want to make these buttons, but maybe Brooksanne's class will teach me a lesson about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I immediately look at it and think, well, I'd, I'd obviously unbutton at least the top two, possibly three buttons on this. Style-wise, I, I do like it. Like, 
it's sort of baggy. You can bring it in with a belt. Although mm-hmm. now I understand why I don't like belts too. It's that fucking tilted waistline. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but this, I think it's a neat dress. So I'm glad it's out there. Yeah. Okay. The next one we have is the reef sweatshirt from uh, green style patterns. And there's a lot of these coming up. There's one from Friday pattern company that's similar to this. This has yeah. some pretty cool style lines in it. I think, um, you know, options for color blocking and such. It's a, it's a like uh half zip. Uh, with kangaroo with a pocket. Kangaroo, a kangaroo pocket. Yeah. Yep. And, and um, thumb holes. Oh, does it? Oh yeah. That's cool. So it's a very sporty little jacket. Um, definitely something if you like these kind of ready to wear active wear kind of um, yeah. jackets, you might want to check that out. Yeah, I thought it was it was pretty cr- cute. I've got the Friday Pattern Company Pago something or another Pago. Nip, yeah, I don't know. Whatever that one yeah. is. I've got that one sitting and waiting and I've got some fabric for it. But I, I like the style on this as well. I think I'd I would. I would tend to probably crop it, which would ruin that kangaroo pocket um, in order to pull on over things. But um, it is, it is pretty cropped. You can't see my tummy at all in that though. Um, (laughs) Obviously if I'm wearing a sweatshirt, I need a way to ventilate. And so, um, but I do like it. I think it's a a really neat design. And I love that that's a design that we're seeing from multiple designers. So you have Mm -hmm. choices for the, style of patterning you like and the style of instructions you like and things like that as well. Wonderful. Well, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, we're going to talk about what's next for us. And Jenny has a lot more ideas of what's next for for me. Um, So we'll have some free time, some stress removed from our lives. I mean, I will. Jenny won't. But um, <laughs> unless, I mean, unless she finds me much more stressful than her daughter, but she's going to be. Uh, I, I don't be- think I find you more stressful than my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start there. But, um, but, but creating on a schedule always has some things about it that are rough. And we've chosen a schedule that has us create at the crack of not even dawn, like Mm -hmm. that's, that's a thing that we've done. And so there's, there's something about that that can be pretty rough and we're pretty regimented in what we do. We work really hard to have a series of episodes that have topics and have um, upon occasion research and other (laughs) things associated with them. We've done panel discussions, we've done interviews, we've done, you know, just a lot of things that have been, I think, giveaways, tons and tons of them for almost two years, like so many things that were that were just about making it more complicated. And so yeah. just laying that down has some stress yeah. relief associated with it. Yeah, I think. So how do you so want to talk about this? <laughs> well, why don't you start with uh, with what's next for you? I'm I'm going to take some more classes. I know that I'm going to try and be first on the list for Brooks and Camper's top skills class. I definitely want to take that. I'm extra excited because you're going to take it as well. Yeah. And that's that's one of those ways that I can make sure that we're we're forced to see each other from time to time. Because <laughs> I have a lot of fear as a as a woman in my 50s about losing touch with people that I don't have specific touchdown moments with right well actually that's a that's a fair fear with me I think um having moved my whole life always you know before the digital age um having first of all been a military brat and then you know I'm in my 42nd house right now so I've moved a lot in my life you know far past when my parents were moving me around and I don't have a great track record of keeping in touch with people, probably just because, you know, when you pack up and move a lot of times you you just pack up and move and you have to make new friends and stuff. So anyways, um, I'm excited about that top skills class as well. I noticed that you have on here some coach couture hand sewing classes. Oh, shut up. That's you too. (laughs) (laughs) So are you are you taking them like is there where are you taking those? I'm going to start online almost certainly and YouTube is my go-to for things like that, but 
Um, Kenneth King travels around a bit, not as much as I'd like, but a bit offering classes like that. And there are some sewing stores in Raleigh and in Atlanta that periodically have um, couture type sewing classes, including Mimi G's Melanated Fabric has, there's a, it's not couture. So I'll just lead with that. It doesn't say that in the title anywhere, Mm -hmm. but Mimi G's husband, whose name I am right now blanking on, does a class on pants, pants details, basically, where you learn six different pockets in a weekend and things like that. So I want to take, I want to get the hand sewing bit down. I like, I want my garments on the inside to look like Sheila O'Kelly's. I want beautiful guts, right? But I also want some of these things like pocket variations I've never thought of, or Mm -hmm. someone to hold my hand through doing a a welt pocket with a flap. Like I, Mm -hmm. I want someone to hold my hand for that. And so, um, and so I'm I'm planning to do a little bit of that kind of class. And if I can travel to do it in person, I will. Although that brings up a lot of anxiety for me about what yeah. the classroom space will be like. But because yeah, I took this surgery class where it was not laid out with yeah. I, I think honestly anybody's in mind, but certainly not with fat ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. So but I wanna I wanna do those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um I took a couple of classes on uh craftsy for couture sewing techniques. Ah. And, um, you know, you can always get a craftsy membership for $2.95 for a year, as long as you remember <laughs> to put in your calendar to cancel it so they don't charge you 90 bucks the next year. Um, That's a great idea. And th- there was one from uh, a couple of them from Allison Smith. Um, and she's a British lady that um, has some interesting things in there. This is not like a full level class, but there's a lot of things in there that I kind of, it was, it was nice to take those, those classes. And then the other one um, was from Susan Kalji. And, uh, and she, she's interesting because she does not, she does these couture techniques, but she's using, she doesn't make patterns. She uses like a Vogue pattern or something in there. I mean, I think mm-hmm. she does have her own patterns, but what she I does is, like, it's not a custom thing. Like when she makes a couture garment for someone, it's not a custom, not like Roxanne does with the custom, right. but she um, starts with a pattern and adapts it to the person. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing was something that I learned in that, um, and this is a little off topic, but, um, that she does is she takes, um, this waxed paper and then uses, you put that down on top of your fabric that's upside down and then you put your pattern on it and you roll around it with a, one of those wheelies. Yeah. It's so much easier than doing a pencil. Oh, is it? Yeah, because it's like, it, it, it just makes these little wax dots all around it. That's fabulous. Yeah, it was really, so I bought the the wax paper from her, and you can use it a million times, and there comes with four colors. There's white, yellow, red, and na- like navy blue, depending on the color of your fabric, you know? And at least the white one, when you go over it with an iron, it goes away. So yeah. it was kind of cool, but I did it only on the underside anyways. But anyways, um, there was just some interesting techniques in there. I, I, I was going to take a um, couture class with her, like an in-person class. They're pretty expensive, but she's like they based are. in Baltimore. Um, so I, I was thinking about doing that. Um, I, so I'm not sure about taking her class in person, but I think that um, there are she definitely has a lot of knowledge about couture sewing techniques. So if you decide to take a class with her in person in the future and it's in Baltimore, let me know because okay. I would be interested, even though I have not heard or seen the best things regarding size inclusivity related to Susan and her classes. Yeah. But a class just on technique would not bump up against the fact that she uses patterns that end at size 20 <laughs> to right. teach her coaching right. sewing classes. So I think, I think there's a lot I could learn there and I could discard the pieces that are just tired and ucky to me. So yeah, I would, I would be interested in that. Kenneth King travels a bit, but I think he's Pacific Northwest is where he's based. And that's someone I'd be 
I'd be interested in taking a live class from as well. But it's the same thing. It would be enormously expensive. I do believe he goes to New York and teaches classes once or twice a year. Okay. As, as a side note. Um, <laughs> awesome. I'm I'm also planning to offer some group sewing and I hesitate to call them classes because not so much. I think they will be less about class and more about um, hanging out and doing some sewing as a group where I'm there to help or answer questions if you have them, because most things I probably have an answer for. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a way in which I can help. I'm sure there are things where I would be so stumped, but there are, you know, if you want me to help you, orient your welt pocket. I'm probably the wrong answer. <laughs> but, you, know, you, me, and a YouTube video, we can get there. But um, but most other things I can probably come up with Where an answer for. Where are you going to do it? I'm going to use my rec room at my apartment complex. Oh, nice. So I'm going to come. I, I'm, everybody's got to bring their thing if they want to bring a thing, right? But they have several large tables near outlets in the floor. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, that's exciting. I thought it would be a way to dip my toe into the question of teaching at all. And mm-hmm, so because mm-hmm. it's very it's very low risk. And I, yeah. I do love a low risk opportunity. So that's cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we are continuing to downsize. Um, I am. I've got a very large pile on the floor right now of things that as I've moved my sewing space, I know I can say goodbye to at this time, including weirdly a Janome flat table, you know, one where you take your sewing arm off and you put the table yeah. up against your machine. And now you have this giant expanse. Yeah. yeah. I don't own a Janome machine anymore. And I haven't <laughs> for probably five years. Why did I move that here? Yeah. And I think the answer is at the very end of my sewing room, I was just like, take it all. Just take yeah. everything when we were moving out of the house. And this is the first time <clears throat> as I set up this space, I thought, oh, I'll go get the sewing table and hook it up to my machine. And I go and get it. And I'm like, oh, this may not work. And indeed, it does not. Oh, <laughs> it's not the right size. So so I'm, I've got a lot of stuff to get rid of. We want to get through our next round of downsizing. <clears throat> so that's exciting. Um, and that's because we're doing so much retirement dreaming right now. Our house is knocking all the wood I can find um, on, under contract. Yay! And it has gotten through the inspection. And apparently the buyers are saying, hey, there are a couple of things we're getting price quotes on. Cool. We already know what everything would cost. And there's an amount we're willing to bargain on this. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, but they ordered a $2,000 site survey so they could plan where they'll put the fence for their dog. Okay. And that feels like a good sign. Yeah. If you're doing the survey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a home inspection is $500, A site survey is a big deal. It's $1,500 to $2,000. They had a septic inspection, and we passed that with flying colors, which doesn't startle me. We put in a new system, completely new system, eight years ago. So, It should have been fine. And the lawyers have finally contacted us to say, hey, are you okay with these fees? We're going to use the buyer's lawyers to get the paperwork drawn up and the money transferred to the bank and things like that. And they reached out to us. All of that feels like a good sign. In theory, we'd be closing on the 22nd. So I would expect to hear a counter soon. And then, um, honestly, I want that house gone so bad that if it's anything even vaguely reasonable, my real estate agent will say, here's what we should counter with. And I'll be like, whatever, just make sure they don't walk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's all I care about. So I'm, um, uh, I'm so excited that we're finally, I think at this stage. Um, but that means the dreaming can commence in a real way um, mm-hmm. because we'll know I'll be able to update all my spreadsheets that no one is surprised to learn. I have um, with the actual money we clear from the house and that'll, that'll start to um, help us to understand what the timing looks like and or could look like doesn't have to look like, but could look like. So we're very excited about that. But the other big piece of news is um, that I've got a new podcast that'll start pretty much immediately after this one ends. So we end on the last Tuesday of February and the new first episode of the podcast will come out on the first Tuesday in March. I know our intent is to, um, 
to release them most Tuesdays. Definitely not every Tuesday, most Tuesdays. We're both very busy people. Uh-huh. Uh, co-host is my daughter, Myra. Um, and she sews a, an enormous amount, just like I do, but she is focused on 1940s and 50s fashion. Once you hit the 60s, she loses all interest, especially once the waistlines expand. Instead of being really fitted, she no longer cares about it at all. Um, she's also a big cosplayer, so she sews a lot of garments that are intended to represent fictional characters for the most part, um, either as they were seen in pop culture or her own twist on it. One of the favorites that I've ever seen her do, <clears throat> she did an Elizabethan version of Poison Ivy from Batman, oh. um, which with the big neck stand and everything, mm-hmm. I mean, I loved it. It was just an amazing, amazing dress with so much detail on it. Um, so that's the other kind of thing she does. Um in terms of her sewing, her sewing abilities. But what is your podcast going to be like? Like what, what's the format of that? Well, this is really exciting because we are not as organized as, <laughs> as you were. And so our, our format right now is genuinely whatever comes into our head based on what we've done or seen in the last couple of weeks. Okay. And that's literally it. So it's going to be primarily chit chat. There isn't a strong topic at the moment. I think that will change. Like we'll have a generalized topic, but the topic, mm-hmm. it's not going to flow from month to month necessarily. There isn't a hashtag for a monthly, mm-hmm. you know, challenge or thing to show us currently. It's mostly just sort of chatting through what we know and how we learned it and what's going on with us or with the sewing community that we interact with. And we interact very differently with different parts of the community. She's a lot more on doing things away from social media. And of course, I'm more social media. She um, she's always commenting that it's, you know, her friends find it weird that I I have a bigger following than she does. And I'm like, but I I, I post. I mean, yeah, I think that's the huge part of it. <laughs> like you would immediately surpass me if you participated, but you don't <laughs> participate at all. So, so anyway, it's going to be that the title of the podcast is Insomniacs because we both are. Um, and uh, yeah, since we both sew a lot and don't sleep, we thought that was that was a pretty reasonable way to go, especially since sewing puns are life. Um, so yeah, that's the next thing I've got coming. We also are on an every other week recording schedule. Um, and we only recorded the first two episodes without sound. Um, so that's not <laughs> bad. Um, <laughs> There's no sound? How no, did you there was, do that? I, I don't know. If I knew... I wouldn't have gotten rid I mean, of my for microphone. A podcast, the sound is pretty important. It felt really critical. We had really great visuals, um, <laughs> <laughs> but the sound did not work. So we had to we had to start over, and that just meant a completely different first episode than it would have been otherwise. Like we, you know, it just yeah. So there's a learning curve here um, that is uh, that uh, surprised me because I've been podcasting for some time. <laughs> So, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm really surprised. So we'll find out. Um, but the, the big thing for me is you and I have talked about this a bit offline, but my sl- sewing has really, really slowed down since I started taking the skirt skills class from Brooks and Camper. Now, part of this is just that this is like what a six week class and every day you've got things you have to do. And mm-hmm. that's the weekdays. The weekends are off. There are a few days off during the week as well, because what you're doing is so intense. You might need extra days or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's, I'm, Beverly, I'm doing everything we're supposed to, which no one's more surprised than me. Um, I'm, I'm doing all the hand sewing. If I'm supposed to market, like the one exception was when we did our muslin, we were mm-hmm. supposed to market in pencil. And I was about in tears trying to get my shitty ass pencil to work because it was one of those cheap clickers, you need know, buy 10 mm-hmm. for a dollar or whatever. And the lead, every time it went two inches, it snapped and, and oh skipped gosh. and broke. And so I use the mechanical pencils. I never use a mechanical pencil for it. I use a regular wood pencil with a sharpener. I I bought a wood pencil and a pencil turner sharpener immediately. And it was much better, but I didn't have it. And it was the day of, and I I wanted to do it. So I just used bright purple, purple marker. That seems fair. And it worked fine. But that was like my one cheat was I didn't use a pencil on my first, you know what I mean? And, and it did come back to bite me a little bit, not much because it, it was for the 
block itself, it was never going to be an inner lining for anything because that blocky mm-hmm. ass skirt isn't isn't the look I'm going for, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, when I was steam ironing it into shape at one point, it got a drop of water on it and the purple just bloomed. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> so, but it, um, but yeah, that I, I've been doing all of it. I'm, if they, if it tells you to press a thing, I'm pressing it. If you're using hand stitches, I am. The only thing I'm not doing is I, I had two thimbles. They both are too big for my middle finger. They both have fallen off and I don't know where the hell they are, but there's a company called Ugly Thimble and I have ordered from Ugly Thimble a kit to make my own that just uses glue. The purple glue sticks uses the purple Mm -hmm. glue stick to fit a leather piece to your hand with it's got the plastic and the leather, you know, to make it so it doesn't go through. But it's um, it's $15, including the shipping. And I've ordered that so I can fit one to my finger because I wouldn't have thought I had a small middle finger like that mm-hmm. they seem very normal to me um but even the size smalls that i bought they just fall right off so well let me tell you something about thimbles so i wanted like i have had this problem getting a thimble that i like so i went and spent, i spent 50 bucks on thimbles i got like all these different ones yeah and, um, and so I keep thinking, I want to make a little video about them. So people you can should. see them. Yeah. But there are so many different styles. And like, now I have all these thimbles. And the one that I like the most is this very simple leather one that came from Clover. Clover has one in small, medium, large. And um, it is a, it's just like this kind that has like, yeah covers your fingers but it's it's plenty like it doesn't poke through yeah and this is the kind I'm going to be making is one that's like Mm -hmm. this but of course not sewn together yeah so anyways it's a this one I find I like the best I also like there's um these silicone ones that have these little nubby things on it that I like so anyways I should make a little video of the different types so that people can can see because that's I couldn't you, know, you can't quite tell online how it's going to yeah, be. Plus, you, you just need to try them on your finger. I mean, really, if it's too small, you can't use it. If it's the tiniest bit too big, you can't use it. Yeah, and that was where my problem was. I found one I liked that was a leather one that I got online. I think it's the one that <clears throat> pardon me that Brooke Ann Brooks Ann had linked to in yeah Amazon. And it just, um, I put it on and she's like, well, walk around the house, make sure it's staying on. I lost it within seconds. Like I I walked 10 feet and it just fell right off. Yeah. Yeah. I got that one too. It was way too big. Yeah. It just came right off. And then I ordered another one and same thing. It, it would stay on for a few minutes. Like I could be like, oh yeah, this looks like it's going to open. Nope. Mm -hmm. It's not. It fell right off again. And so somebody in the class recommended this ugly thimble, which is just a piece of leather that you've fold onto itself and you you will glue in a plastic disc and a leather piece to go over it, but you just fold it onto itself on your actual finger and glue it together, wait a few minutes and it's done. And if your finger changes size or or the disc wears out or anything else, you just rip the glue apart and do it again. <laughs> and so I thought, well, I'll give that, it's $15. I'll give that a try. Yeah. So, so I'm learning about that, but I'm doing all the things is really my point. Like even mm-hmm. when we were at the stage of, building the first skirt draft, the actual, you know, mock-up of the skirt itself out of the good fabric. And she's like, well, you'll do these lines in a color that matches and these lines will not match. And I'm like, okay, I guess I got to have two needles going and switching out. So I'm, I'm super obedient in this, which again, surprised me more than anyone. Um, but I think that what I want to do this year is I think I want to play around with making a lot less, but making them, a lot better. And that sounds crazy to me, (laughs) but I think that's what I'm going to do. And I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. I I think the biggest eye opener for me in the class was the style lines part of it, where you're, you're creating the pattern for what will be seen publicly, not the, not the, seam allowances, not any of that. You're creating the pattern piece that's after you've stitched it up, this would be the part you would see. I hope that makes sense to people who aren't in the class, but that's what Mm -hmm. you're doing. 
And that means when you want to do style lines, all you're doing is cutting across the plain flat piece of fabric. You can do literally anything because you're going to add the seam allowances later and you're going to, you're going to very clearly mark those stitch lines. So there's no doubt at all about where you're supposed to be sewing and that they will fit together. And and that blew my mind. Brooks and Camper attended a frock tails in Asheville just before the pandemic wearing a dress that's been featured on our blog, but where she took like maybe seven different pieces of this fabric and colored, like dyed them in color order progression. So you might put it in one dye bath for 10 minutes and then another one for 20 Mm. and so on. So it's getting darker as it goes. And they were all curved style lines and it was fitted to within an inch of its life. Like it was so perfectly fitted to be a um, sheath dress for Brooks Ann. And all I could do was look at it and think, well, first off, I could never do that. And secondly, how would you even do that? And now I know. <laughs> so I'm very excited because um, now I can I can completely copy that, but in a different way. Um, yeah. And so I'm going to sign up for that top stills class and I'm going to work on making pretty insides to my garments and I'm going to owe it all to you. So I'll be cussing at you a lot at the beginning of the class and thanking you so hard at the end. So <laughs> that's that's the way that's going to go. Yeah, so that's my plan for the next year for the most part. I think. Wow. Maybe. Lots of plans. <laughs> I do. What are yours, Beverly? What are yours? Well, <laughs> I've been working on um like crafting my own patterns and kind of figuring out what style I like. So far it's very minimalist, but I think that has a lot to do with um just being a beginner, you know, and trying to do things simply first. I do enjoy wearing very simple clothes. So maybe that is my style. You do know that you're not a beginner anymore, right? Well, I'm a beginning designer. Okay. I'll give you beginning designer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So here's an interesting thing. So I thought, okay, I don't know the principles of design. Like when I was designing my wedding dress, I originally had done something with it. And I looked at it and I'm like, this is just off. Like it doesn't look right that it looks amateur and doesn't look like. And and I figured out it was the proportion that was off, right? It It looked strange. And so I fixed it or whatever. And I thought. There's got to be a, like, there's got to be a textbook or something. They'll teach you this instead of like just guessing Mm -hmm. and then adjusting and guessing again. So I sent a message to Layla um, because she teaches at Parsons school. Um, So I thought, oh, well, you know, she'll tell me a textbook. And she didn't. She she basically (laughs) was like, yeah, no, there's not. And I'm like, what? How could there not be? So, um. Anyways, I've kind of looked on my own and I did get one from Jim works at a library so you can get interlibrary loan. And so I got yeah. one um, and it's really not that helpful. So I'm thinking like, I, I don't know, I'm a school kind of person. And I'm like, there's got to be a good textbook to teach me about these things. Like, like, you know, like if you were to want to learn about graphic design you could take you could get a textbook on graphic yeah. design that would teach you about how colors could work and how these things you know yeah. what I mean I, I want do. this for, for this designing so if anybody has a good book that they that they recommend I'm interested in in you know I love books and so I've got a bunch of books here and you know they're not some of them are are there's a lot of information on how to create a pattern from what you have in your mind. I, I can do that. I'm not, I know how to do that. What I don't know how to do is how to design something so that. How to get the idea in your mind so that it's like following whatever rules, the pleasingness and the. Yeah. And maybe it's, maybe, maybe I don't follow the rules, but if you know what they are, then you can break them. Right. Like, you yes. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing the rules helps you break them. I wonder if to some extent there's a piece of that graphic design set of rules that would be helpful here, though, because a lot of the proportion stuff, I think, isn't exclusive to clothing like like like, you know, the Nautilus shell and the, the rest of it. I think there's golden ratios and stuff like that that could be 
semi-universal, but I'll, I'll, yeah, I'd love to know what you find out, what people well, send said, you. You know, the rule of thirds works great. I'm like, well, okay, but that doesn't, I'm not sure that how much that's, I think I need a little bit more help than that. I think Layla probably has a by nature. I think yeah. it, it makes more sense to her. Um, and maybe most people yeah. come into this with some kind of inherent, like maybe you can't teach this. So, I don't know. So I'm going to tell you that I, I don't, I don't think that most people come into it with something inherent, but that's based on my own experience. The hardest part for me in design, and I've, I've designed a few things that someone else is publishing, which means someone else looked at it, right? And said, well, yeah. that doesn't suck. Like that's as far as it's gotten sure. though. If somebody was like, it doesn't suck. I don't know that that's even a, a positive about the design, right? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just, we could use that. Um, I, I think the hard part for me has always been, I don't know if what I'm doing, like, I don't feel creative enough. I feel like I don't understand the rules enough and the rest of it. So I'm just sort of sketching a thing that I might like to own and wondering if someone else would like it, which, which isn't to me, isn't really design. Like that doesn't feel mm-hmm. like it meets the qualifications for design. It's just, it's just me and my body. You, you know what I mean? Making a decision in that way. And I, I don't think that's helpful to you. I'm so sorry about that, but I, I think I'm trying to empathize to say, I, I, mm-hmm. I think I understand because I don't know what well, I'm doing either. Yeah. And I also find that most of the books that I find about like fashion design, they have a lot of information on like uh, marketing and all this. Like I want to make something yeah. for myself. Like I don't want to, I have no interest in becoming like a fashion designer for other people. Uh, like I don't care. Like ha- we're not going like, to attend your fashion week trends show. and stuff. I don't give a <laughs> shit about trends. Like I'm just trying to like, you know, <laughs> find stuff I like. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I think the other thing you can really do is to, you know, invest in those $10 a year quarterly fashion magazines and, and enjoy taking in all of the very white, very thin culture. But but seeing others, I think, is a is a path to understanding some of the rules too, potentially. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But um, um but other huh. than that, all I have really planned is just, you know, some privacy. <laughs> like <laughs> just like I don't know. I don't I this has really stretched me a lot as far as public being in the public yeah. not that I, we're so public but it's it feels like that to me because yeah. we well, people can chat you and it feels like they from their side they feel like they know you mm-hmm. and and things like That's that which is and, and I don't mind that and any, anybody who's contacted me <laughs> I've, I've I've enjoyed people contacting me it's not that I mean like um you know just talking so much about what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, We did have one listener who asked us to repeat the story of how we started podcasting. And this feels like it might not be the worst moment since we're talking about the things we're going to do next. And also the ways in which it, I mean, this was a stretch for me too. I'm obviously a talker. Nobody's startled to hear that, but I've never, I've never really been a public person. So it feels stretchy to me too. Different stretchy. So you want me to? Yeah. Okay. You okay. started this. It was your fault. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I think that most. I thought everybody knew this story, but um, I will tell the story, sort of how it began from my side, yeah. which was um, I was teaching one of my kids, Rain, how to sew, and um, so I was going to start with a pattern from. A, a, I have an Tilly and the Buttons book and I thought, oh, we could do this thing. And it was a simple thing. And I thought we would do one of those patterns. At the time I was making a lot of patterns from Tilly and the Buttons. And this was before Tilly had expanded their size range. And so um, the patterns only went up a little bit above me. Um, and I I didn't realize that. And so we had started with this pattern and I was so embarrassed that there wasn't anything that would fit my kid. So um, I was looking around and luckily Jenny posted on 
Instagram with her measurements and they matched Rain's measurements. And so, and you had like lots of fun clothes and I thought, oh, this is something <laughs> like Rain might like these things. And so I was looking at those patterns and then I don't know where I got the hubris to think that I should be doing a podcast. I think I had been <laughs> sewing for less than a year, maybe eight months or something. And I just thought it would be fun to have a podcast. And so since I had, and I think, I don't know if I, I don't think I had even approached talking to you about sewing before mm -hmm. I just sent you a text, an Instagram message saying I was interested in starting a podcast. And would you like to do that with me? Is that how you remember yeah. That is basically how I remember it. I think there had been one previous message and it had just been, I really appreciate that you include your measurements in your stuff. I think it was something okay. like that. It wasn't more than that. Certainly it wasn't a question or anything else. Yeah. It was just, this is really helpful. And I was like, cool, I'm glad it's helpful. And that was the end of, of that yeah. piece of it. And then all of a sudden I got a message that was like, Hey, I totally understand if you don't want to, but we thought maybe you might like to do a podcast with me. <laughs> and, and it wasn't much more than that. <laughs> it wasn't much more than that. And I came out of my sewing room, like I bounced out to market. I'm like, oh my God, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> this is going to be so cool. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Never mind. Don't worry about it. And I, I bounced back and I'm like, okay, 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 calm down. Yeah, I think that could be interesting. Like, I mean, <laughs> sort of the, so I, you know, I bounced off. I got all my excited's out. And then I came back and was like, I don't know. What would that look like? That sounds kind of interesting. I don't think I'm interesting enough for this, but maybe the two of us. And um, and from there, it, I think it went very quickly because I think that was like the end of January, beginning of February. And we we started at the end of February. So. It was about two weeks later. We had yeah. an episode already out. Um and following one of our very first ever actual conversations. Yeah. 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 And it was, and then we actually <laughs> have not missed a single week in three years. Yeah. I think that's pretty amazing. That's, it is. That's a, that's really amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And, um, and it, it taught me among other things that, that I, I do want a podcast and I didn't know I wanted one. Like, I think in the back of my head, I'd always been like, maybe I'd blog more, or do something else, mm -hmm. but I'd, I hadn't, hadn't had this occur to me. And, um, I will forever be grateful for being introduced to the concept of podcasting, but even more so for getting a chance to get to know you because, um, yeah, I think you've, you've been just a hugely big force in my life and, um, and really a, a positive influence. So. So thank you. For yeah. That. And you as well. I mean, we've had, we've had a lot of fun with this podcast. I mean, it's a lot of, <clears throat> been a lot of work, but it's also been, <laughs> been fun to, to, to do. And there's, there's only been a couple of, Oh shit, I forgot to post the podcast. Things. <laughs> um, it happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens. But we, as I long mean, as it gets in on Tuesday, we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Midnight is aspirational. <laughs> So well, it's it's been awesome. Thank you for sharing that again. Um, and I guess we're winding down this episode. Just want to note that we'd be we hope to keep the episodes up and hosted for another 12 months using the funds from the Patreon. So get them downloaded and listen to them while you can share them with others. I know we've had a handful of new listeners subscribe to our Instagram <laughs> <laughs> since we announced that we're going out. So that's exciting. Um, I have ordered our final Patreon gift and there are some spots still open. Um, there will be a charge in March um, to cover to cover that. So if you sign up now prior to March 1st, by the end of February, by the 29th, you'll be on the list. I have put a limit to the number of people based on the number of gifts that I've ordered. So um, but there were a few spots as we started recording this. So sign up if you're interested. And be sure to look for my new podcast as well on Podcatchers Near You starting in March. There will actually be an introductory episode going up in another week or two um, just to as a placeholder to say, hey, look, no, seriously, we're here. And you can subscribe at that time. Um, I hope to see you there. It won't be the same at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but it is another opportunity to see if you uh, really enjoy listening to me drone on with with my daughter pushing back at me the whole time. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we will see, see you, you next, next Tuesday. The Punk Frackers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frackers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art.